This is Beyond the You, a Met Radio 1280 AM production. I'm Summon. I'm Sahana. This show looks at real stories from university campuses and the students behind student journalism. In the past few years, the conversation around the romance genre generally comes with a side of smut. The term smut refers to adult-themed works that focus on explicit sexual scenes and can have different connotations depending on the context. While smut has existed for some time, the mainstream introduction to smut can be traced back to 2015. During the pandemic, smut climaxed, with many readers openly discussing and recommending books with it. In September 2023, Maria Robinson explored romance smut and the security it brings to young women for The Otter, a Toronto Metropolitan University student publication. She joins us today. So for people that aren't really avid smut readers, what is smut? Okay, so the way that I see it as someone who is an avid smut reader is just sort of it's these romance books that contain sex scenes but they're more than like your average like you know that they're in the bed together and then the door closes like that's not really what smut is like smut gets to be everything it gets to be pretty graphic and it doesn't always have to be incredibly graphic but you get to know a lot of the detail of what they're doing and like where they're deriving their pleasure from so that's how I see smut. (laughs) Okay, why do you think smut novels are so popular, especially lately? Um, So that was like an interesting thing that came out in the piece for sure was kind of everyone's reasoning is different, but it all comes down to like finding comfort in these books. And so there's, I feel like a lot of people really, when you're stressed, you enjoy knowing what the outcome can be. That relieves some stress. And so especially after the pandemic, that had no known outcome, like no one knew what was going on. And so finding it in books before you could find these formulas in like mysteries, like you always knew that someone at the end was going to be guilty of something. (laughs) But those books are inherently not really comforting. (laughs) Like they get, they can be really spooky. They can be really stressful. And so those were kind of really big prior to the pandemic. And then what happened with COVID was... People really want these formulas, but they didn't want to be stressed while reading. And so romance got to be this place where you knew that at the end, the rule of romance is there has to be a happily ever after. And I'm not just saying like, uh, the rule, like that is the rule to be considered romance. And so because of that, you knew that at the end, the people you wanted to get together would be together. And so you got to read this, even like through all the ups and downs with the comfort of knowing that it was going to be okay. And so there's that aspect of it, I think, for sure, that comfort. And then the other side of it is particularly for young women. It doesn't come up as much in the piece, but it was sort of this like underlying theme the whole time was that young women are in this really cool place right now where we get to have careers where we can support ourselves. We have amazing friend groups like we're doing a lot of cool things. And so we no longer are in this world where we have to find a man who can like support us and we can raise a family with like those can be longer term goals if we want them to be. It doesn't mean that we don't want any side of that. So romance books can kind of fill in this gap while men sort themselves out. (laughs) And so that was sort of like a fun thing as well, being like the girls at least that are in the story were all really successful and happy independently of being in a couple or not. 
And so, yeah, it's this, it's both finding the comfort, but also just wanting a side of romance if it's not necessarily in your life right now. What was your first uh, smut novel? Oh, God, I got so uncomfortable with it. It was like, it was February 2021. And I had read this book that this girl on Instagram had recommended. It was like about, it was set in like the 1800s. And it was like this like, girl falls in love with a duke and whatever. And it, realistically, right now in my current smutty phase, it wouldn't have enough smut at all. But I think I was like so embarrassed because I had been reading it at work and had been recommending it to everyone prior to all these sex scenes. And then I was like, oh my gosh, if people ever read this, they're going to think that I'm like this crazy person. And the book, in hindsight, like was not that well written. Like I wouldn't reco it, but... um that was like my my entry into it for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like you mentioned in your piece how like everybody kind of has that first book. Yeah. And for so many people, it was Twilight. Yeah. So how <laughs> did you go back to kind of tracing that? That was kind of the first for our generation. Yeah. The smut novel. That yeah. Began. I guess the, that's actually fair. You're right. Now that you say Twilight, I'm like, oh, realistically, it was actually like Twilight was like the entry point of like the beginning was a smut without like all the graphic. <laughs> but it was interesting that kind of came out naturally from people. Like I would ask them like, what was the first romance book you read? And for a lot of them, the first one that they can remember being really distinctive was Twilight. It was after speaking to a couple girls and being like, okay, that seems to be the gateway. It was also like the first time that I read proper romance when I was like 11 or 12. And then I was Googling it, and I was like, oh, this seems to be a thing that a lot of people did. It wasn't just, like, my own, like, twi-hard phase. Like, we all went through it. And so, yeah, it just came from doing the interviews and them all saying that was their first book, that it ended up being a big part of the story. Yeah. And then you also kind of talked about Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> and how that—can you tell us more about, like, how that intersected with Twilight? Yeah. Oh, that's, like, my favorite connection in the world. Yeah. Because the thing is, like— When we're talking about a genre that completely changed romance, it was Fifty Shades of Grey, at least in our lifetime. What's really cool, though, is you can't have Fifty Shades without Twilight because Fifty Shades was fan fiction. Mm -hmm. And so they're just so tied together. It was nice nice the way that they kind of came together. But yeah, so it was like E.L. James had read Twilight and had just been really nuts. Like everyone who does fan fiction obviously loves that previous books so much they want to continue those characters stories and she had developed this storyline that was deemed too saucy for like fanfiction.net I believe it was so she created her own fanfiction website and it was just funny to me because it was like too much for the internet but then it ended up turning into a novel that we all saw like on our mom's bookshelf (laughs) and so yeah that was kind of the evolution from Twilight to Fifty Shades, and then Fifty Shades completely changed the romance market because it was like, we all knew what was in those books. We weren't hiding it anymore. I I think it's so funny also when you like bring up uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Like my best friend had it in high school and we would like, she would like, I never read it fully, Mm -hmm. but she would show me parts of it. And so it was almost like this like, unspoken like yes. thing and like everybody would try to hide the covers of what they're yes. reading mm-hmm. it was funny because for this for this piece I needed like a quote from Fifty Shades mm-hmm. of Grey but I don't own the book and Indigo no longer sells it 
like you can't go to the bookstore and find it. And so I had to like message like my friend at home and I was like, get out your book and send me photos of the naughtiest pages. And she was like, our text back and forth, like there is some weird stuff in there now because it's just like she's sending me like the most like obscene things in that book. But yeah, it is. It's a bonding point for sure. Where do you look to find smut novel recommendations? Yeah, I think like with a lot of girls, I'm sure it's similar where it's TikTok is the place to go. And there's this sub community on TikTok that's called Book Talk. And that's um, a great place because I think like when you Google like reviews, you're never going to really get the full story. So it's nice to like have people on Book Talk at least explaining to you why they liked it or didn't like it. And it's also likely going to be people your age, if not women your age. Mm-hmm. And so there's some validity to what they're saying. I mean, like, that's where I get most of my recos from. And then I have them on, like, a list. And not all of them are hits. Some of them are for sure flops. But it's like they're at least the trusted source. You kind of touch on it in your article. But, you know, romance can, as much as I love the genre, can mm-hmm. be really rigid and also, like, heteronormative. So, like, yeah. with book talk and also with more diverse authors entering the space, can you talk a little bit about how romance is including more different kinds of love and totally it's really cool because i think if you walk into indigo now like you'll be bombarded by all these romance books at the front and center and what's cool is either the authors won't all have like super white presenting names Mm -hmm. or the people on the covers will also be like people of color um or like same-sex couples and so there's this big trend that's happening in romance right now where they understand what Canadians want. And Canadians want to be able to read about themselves in stories. And so that includes, of course, people of color and same-sex couples. And so the nice thing about romance is you're guaranteed this happy ending. It brings an end to like the barrier gaze trope. And like the barrier gaze trope is kind of found in a lot of TVs and film where they're like, no, no, we've been really diverse and inclusive. We've included a gay character. And then that gay character has like the worst storyline or they're killed off or something tragic happens to them. And it's just like, okay, well, I want to see myself in a storyline, but I would also love to see myself get like a happy ending out of it. And in a lot of ways, when diversity is in movies or TV, you get the same thing where that character is just never fully a person. They don't get like their own complete storyline. Whereas in romance because they're including more authors' voices and because it's becoming more popular so you can get more books out of it, you just have the ability to put a lot more storylines out there that actually reflect people's realities, which is a lot more fun. I know when I was in the pandemic, I was reading so much romance. Like, I couldn't, like, romance and smut, couldn't stop reading it. And now I'm not even touching it. I know. Yeah. Well, I heard that when... Well, people early on in the pandemic, they were like, oh, just start reading smut novels because if we if we can't see each other. Yeah, like... we might as well have fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the the reason why I saw it get big. Yeah. Um, but then it ended up being like its own genre now. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's the I think the cool thing about it getting to this point is like. It's now been somewhat recognized as legitimate. It's the it's that whole vibe of like the Barbie movie, the Taylor Swift era's tour romance books. It's like you're allowed to be feminine, you're allowed to like girly things. I would love if romance could stay at least taking up 
some of the real estate that it's been occupying just because I think it's important that girls get to like go into a bookstore and have as much fun as they like are right now. Like you just got to go and pick fun stories that you can escape into. Yeah. What's the biggest misconception about smut novels? Um, I think like the biggest misconception that seemed to be coming up was that you should be embarrassed because you're reading these and that it's less worthy than other genres. Like this is not the same level of intelligence as, you know, what men are reading out there. And that's something that's just so inherently untrue. Like, sorry, I don't like reading about people getting murdered or like people in space. I like reading about people having sex and that's fine. And that's really like, it doesn't make me an idiot for thinking that. So yeah, I think that's thankfully as more women come into it, it kind of dispels the myths because sometimes I think the the harshest cr- critics of women end up being women themselves. And so as more people see the validity of the genre, it gets to dispel the misconception a bit. But I think there's something to be said about how like romance and smut like working together can also like remove shame and like dehumanization from like sex because I know like a lot of people are like really turning away from like traditional porn Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and um, smut is where they found some sexual liberation and Mm -hmm. like in your reporting uh, did you find this to be the case or in your personal experience or something? I think so. For me personally, I those were my porn before porn. And then I think for one of the girls in the story for sure, or in the article for sure, that was how she realized who she's attracted to. She thought that she was attracted to men and now she identifies herself as queer. And so like I I always try avoiding this thing with smut being like we're all getting turned on from it. But it's like the reality is you do get turned on from reading about sex scenes the way that you would if you're watching sex scenes. But the cool thing about what smut does is it turns everything on its head where it's like, well, women's pleasure is actually the focus of what this is, whereas so much porn is about men's pleasure and men getting off. And that's really cool for men. But it's way more fun for a girl to be like, oh, like, he's so obsessed with her that, like, her pleasure is the absolute priority right now. And I don't think that we get to see that very often, even in movies. And it's also... it. I mean, not that books are realistic, but movies just seem so unrealistic when it's like they're both finishing together and you're like, oh, okay, well, like that's never going to happen. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> In a dream world, that would be cool. But um, it's just like, it's nice to feel like it's a little bit more realistic and it gets to prioritize you as a woman. And then also you get to learn like what you like and don't like and maybe who you like and don't like. So, Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast, you guys. Thanks for listening. You can read Maria Robinson's story on theotter.ca. To connect with us or suggest a story, you can find us on Instagram at Beyond the U Podcast. This episode of Beyond the U is hosted, edited, and produced by Parthana Patak, Samandara, and Sahana Ranganathan.